Greetings! This is the Afeta B. Yalosha Oshunyami Akalatunde. And this is the newest episode of Got to Be Oshun's Black Witchcraft Handbook. Pray that all is well with each and every one of you. And we're going to jump in here today. And our topic is going to be Don't Squander Your Power. Alright, so as of late, the term ashe is very popular. It's something that people use to kind of punctuate a statement that they're agreeing with. It is also a term that people use to end a prayer or end an incantation. Um, from the old school, back in the day, as you guys know, I've been practicing the spiritual tradition of the Anago or Yoruba people for 30 years and been an initiated priestess for, um, yeah, about that same amount of time, maybe I think 28, 28 years now. So when we were taught the term Ashe, we were taught that Ashe is so be it. So it is. And also Ashe is the power to make things happen. Now, when we think about ashe, we think about that term and it meaning so be it or so it is. But we also think about the personal power that we carry. And as just as I did in earlier episodes for the podcast, in this episode, one of the things that I want to emphasize is the ways in which African traditional religions and philosophies and practices differ from Abrahamic tradition and practices and philosophy and mythology. And this use of power is one of the largest ways, one of the biggest differences, I guess I should say. So Ashe is the power to make things happen. Each and every being existing on Earth Mother Onile in, at this time has Ashe. You have Ashe. You have in within you the power to make things happen. So as I was thinking about how I was going to present this topic to you today, I decided to break it down into three categories. And you guys know I love to break things down into three categories. And I do that because I always want to give praise and honor to Eshu. Eshu is the guardian of the crossroads. Eshu is the one that sits at that space between making this decision and making that decision. And his number is three. So I like to break things down into three because it makes me feel like I can give a thorough, you know, description of it if I break it down into three. And it also reminds me to always be aware of the extraneous variable, to always understand that nothing is concrete, nothing is set in stone. There's always an extraneous variable out there. So you'll hear me very frequently breaking things down into three. So today is no different. So when we think about our personal ashe, our personal power, for me, the greatest difference between 
Abrahamic traditions and African traditional religions and philosophies in this regard is that Abrahamic tradition teaches you that your power exists outside of you. It teaches you that you must access a power outside of yourself to be happy, to be safe, to be protected, to be worthy, to be loved and not to be destroyed. You must access a power outside of yourself. It teaches you that powers sit in external things. Power sits in an external God. Power sits in an external savior. So this is a large difference from how we view it in African traditional religions and philosophies. So our ancestors understood that your ashe, your personal power, is within. And you make a choice. You decide each and every day and each and every minute and second of the day who you give that power to and how you utilize that power. Every second is a decision on how to utilize that power. Every choice that you make is a choice on how to utilize that power, that ashe. So let us break it down. Let's get into the three different aspects of ashe that I'm going to speak on today. So in the Anago tradition, also called the Yoruba tradition, do not forget that Anago is the actual name for this particular ethnic group coming out of Southwest Nigeria, Anago. So in the Anago tradition, first power that we consider is power of Ori. Your Ori is your head, your physical head, without which your body cannot operate. Right? If you cut off my leg, I, can, I will still live. If you cut off my arm, I will still live. But if you cut off my head, it's over, right? The Ori is the guide and the leader of the body. So physically, Ori is the head, right? Spiritually, your Ori houses your destiny. Your Ori also houses the motivation to fulfill that destiny, the inclination, the push, the impetus to fulfill that destiny. And we know that our ori is filled also with thoughts. And we know that our ori also houses the majority of our senses. Our ori determines a great deal of how we experience life. Aye, our ancestors called it. Right? So the first power for us to consider is ori. So the part of you that was brought from the spirit realm to have this experience of life is ori. That's the part of you. That is the spiritual part of you. You praise your ori every day. You pay homage to your ori every day if you are a practitioner of this spiritual tradition. And we say that when you do that, you open the pathways to gain understanding on the fulfillment of your destiny and to gain answers to the conundrums or the questions that may have been confusing you, right? Your ori, opening your ori, paying homage to your ori allows you to move through life with the guide, 
So you use the power of your ori first and foremost. You use the power of your head. So the way that you use the power of your ori is first by listening to yourself. Listen to yourself. Take the time to hear yourself. That's first and foremost. The, the voice that should be the guiding force in your life is your voice, your own voice. The thoughts and the perceptions that should guide your life are your own thoughts and perceptions. So in order to follow Ori, you have to create a life that is not full of things that distract you from what yourself is trying to tell you. So you cannot be, as many of us are, addicted to social media. You cannot be addicted to the television or addicted to YouTube, right? You cannot be addicted to long ass, all day long phone conversations all the time. You cannot be addicted to um, conversations that, that go on constantly, whether they be on the phone or whether they be face to face. To listen to Ori and to tap into the power, the Ashe, that's inherent in your Ori, you must have quiet, alone time with yourself every single day. Because you are not always going to remember the destiny that you came to fulfill. You are not always going to be walking the path of the destiny that you came to fulfill. Life is going to knock you off of that path. Life is going to have you thinking about other things. And that's normal. That's natural. So in order to get back, in order to get clear, in order to stay focused and clear on what your head is trying to tell you, spend time with your Ori every day. Carve out at least, at the very least, an hour of time that you spend with your Ori that you spend just listening to yourself. You might be journaling. You might just be sitting in meditation. You may be doing other practices that help you to go deeper. You may be doing some yoga, right? Practice like that, that helps you to go deeper into your own mind, but with no outside distractions. But listen to your Ori. Take the time to listen to your Ori every day to tap into your own head the power of your head tap into that if you are thinking thoughts that are harmful to you that sabotage you take the time to ask yourself where these thoughts came from where did these thoughts come from and then take the time to send those thoughts back to their source. All right, I'm going to send that back. You can have that back, whoever that thought came from, wherever that thought came from. But take the time to figure it out. If you find yourself continuously unhappy, continuously making poor relationship choices, continuously without the resources that you need to live a good life, to live the life that you want, continuously not able to achieve your, um, your social goals or your work goals 
or your career goals, if you find yourself continuously not able to do any of these things, then that is always because you are not listening to your ori. You're not. You are dismissing your thoughts. You're dismissing your own thoughts and feelings. The only way that you can continually not achieve what you came to achieve and continually not receive those things that you know that you want and need is by dismissing what your head is telling you. You are believing that other people's views and other people's perceptions and other people's opinions are more important than yours and other people's acceptance of you is more important than your own thoughts. You're waiting. The reason that you can't achieve any of those things that I just mentioned before, financial success, romantic success, career success, personal fulfillment is because you're waiting for someone else to give you permission to do that. You're waiting for someone else to recognize your greatness. You're waiting for someone else to say, oh, you're wonderful. So we're going to allow you into this place, into this club, into this um, um, space, into this position. You're waiting for that. And that's why. You're not achieving the successes that you know that you came here to achieve. The successes that call to you. Because you're waiting for someone else's approval. Stop waiting for someone else's approval. Stop waiting for someone to, to give you permission to be your full self. Stop doing that. Listen to your head. Do not dismiss your head. If your head tells you you are a magnificent artist, then you are a magnificent artist. Put your art out there for the world to see and watch the world devour it. If your head tells you that you are beautiful and you are worthy and you are desirable, then act like someone who is beautiful, worthy, and desirable and loved. Don't be out here selling yourself short, giving yourself to just anybody, allowing just anybody access to you. If you know and yourself and your head keeps saying to you, you are loved, you are beautiful, you are desirable, then carry yourself in that way. Listen to your head. Use the power of your ori. And what will happen, what inevitably will happen, and what always happens is when you use the power of your ori, you are going to be astonished at the amount of power that you have over what happens in your own life. It's going to astonish you. Our ancestors say in the Odu, which is our ancient scriptures, for lack of a better term, it will come to pass like magic. That's how, that's how it is when you follow your ori, when you follow your head, when you listen to your head, when you act upon what your head is giving you, when you live in what your head tells you about yourself. All right, that's the first power, the power of ori. The second power 
is the power of bara. Bara is the power of the spoken word. This is a big one. Now, not that Ori is not big, but this is a big one. <sighs> one of the things that I find extremely exasperating, and it's exasperating to me, I think, um, in part because it is cultural. It's a big cultural difference. Um, but I find extremely exasperating people who say self-denigrating things. There is a, um, it's a tendency, it's a habit. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Pattern. I'm not even sure what name to put on it. But anyway, um, I was the first generation in my family to go to integrated schools. I was born in 1969, so schools were newly integrated. So anyway, I was the first generation among my siblings to attend integrated schools. And what I mean by that is when I went to um, elementary schools. And what I mean by that is when I went to elementary school, I had, you know, a lot of white friends and a lot of black friends. And what I have found from that time is that there is a tendency among white girls to say self-denigrating things about themselves um, that I did not find among my, my black friends, you know, black girlfriends, the girl, you know, friends that I had in the black community. I did not find this. But among white girls, there's a tendency, you know, if you're getting dressed to go somewhere, they'll look in the mirror and say, oh, I look so ugly in this. Oh, I look so fat in this. Oh, this looks terrible on me. Oh, I look ridiculous in this. Right? And I absolutely despise that. I despise it. Another way of doing it is, you know how you ask someone, this is this, the black girl version of that is, do I, look, do I look fat in this? Does this look okay on me? Do you think I should wear this? Right? That this is it's similar but not quite the same. In the white girl version, they completely denigrate themselves. In the black girl version, we kind of ask the question. But there's another version when after you ask the question and you get the positive feedback and your friends and your family tell you, no, that looks cute on you. And you say, are you sure? It doesn't make me look like a cow. It doesn't make me look, you know, unattractive. It doesn't make me look like an alligator. There's a, a weird thing that my skin does when I am in, um, when I have been in a place that has central air and it looks like an alligator to me. It's so hard to explain. It's not, you know, it, it, it gets these weird um, lines in it, lines of demarcation. I didn't grow up with central heat and air. So it took me a while to notice where it was coming from. But I, that's the term I use. And that's, that's, I'm trying to explain it because that's a term that I literally use. Does, does my skin look like an alligator? That's something that, that I would actually say. And so I'm giving you this, these examples to show you the ways that we choose to use our bara. Bara is the power of the spoken word. So from an African perspective, language is alive. When you speak a thing, the thing then exists. Speech is not a symbol for a thing. Speech is the thing. If I say ewe, in the Anago language, in the Yoruba language, Ewe means herbs, Ewe means leaves, but Ewe, the word as I'm saying. 
Okay, sorry for some reason. I think it may have been me. I think I may have touched it and that may have stopped the recording, but we'll get right back to it. But what I was saying was, I was giving an example. If I say ewe in the Yoruba language, then ewe means herbs and ewe means leaves. But the word that I'm saying, ewe, is also the leaves. It's also the herbs. The power of the word ewe is part of what animates the leaves and the herbs, gives them the ability to do what they do. So when we think about bara from the perspective of our ancestors, from the Anago perspective, from the Western Central African perspective, then what we want to remember is that as you speak, you are creating. Your speech creates your reality. So, you want to be very careful and very aware of what you say. And it's not a game. You know, it's not fun. It's not funny. It's not something to toy with. I've been in situations where people are saying horrible things about themselves. And I've said, please stop saying that. And, and they've continued. And I'm like, okay, if you're going to say that, don't say it in my presence. I don't want to hear that. And they've continued. People think that it's a game. But what you speak about yourself, your, your, your ori hears. And your body hears. And your life, the life that you are building, hears what you speak about yourself. As you are speaking it, you are creating it. The beginning of bringing something into existence is bara. That is the beginning of creating a thing. So the second power is the power of your spoken word. I can't speak to how anyone else was raised, but I was raised in a household where as soon as my grandmother's feet hit the floor, She started praying goodness over herself and her day. She started praying goodness over us, over everyone that was in the household. You know, if you're old and Southern and country, and if you're a black person in the West who lives in the West, you old and Southern and country. That's how you were raised, right? If you had the luxury, if you had the blessing of being around your elders for any length of time, then that's how you were raised. When that matriarch, when Big Mama, when Muddil, when her feet hit the floor, she started praying, thank you, Lord, for letting my eyes see another day. Thank you, Lord, for not letting my, my um, sheet be my swaddling cloth and my bed, my cooling board, right? She, she began the day by giving thanks. And as she walked through her morning routine, she prayed goodness over her day. We pray, Lord, we pray to you, Lord, that this day will be good. We pray to you that when we go out here in this world that we will be safe. We pray to you that so-and-so will get that job for that interview that she's going on. We pray to you that so-and-so will pass that geography test. We pray to you that so-and-so will not have any more arguments with their boss or with their manager or with them foolish-ass people on their job. This was Bara. In the Anago tradition, the Iyale, the mother of the house, Iya Ile, mother of the house, 
wakes up in the morning and she speaks or reeky over herself and over each member of the family. Oriki means to greet or re. This is a praise chant. It's a name and it is a praise chant that your grandmother prays over you to bring you to success. Our grandmothers did not lose this art form, right? They merely began to do it in English. And they would pray over themselves and that entire household as soon as their feet hit the floor. This is bara. This is how we survived in these hellish places that we had been brought to. This is how we made it. We would not believed to, it was not believed, I should say, that we would continue to exist after the first 50 years of enslavement. That was the prediction that the ones of us that they had first brought over here would die off after 50 years because we were not properly fed, we were not properly clothed, and we were worked from sunup to sundown. The human body is not built to exist under those conditions. And so it said in, in about 50 years, all of these Africans will die off. And look at us standing still here in 20 and 21. It is the bara of your grandmothers. That is the reason that you are standing here. All praises, all honor. It's that bara that has given you the power to do that. So be completely and fully aware of what you are speaking over yourself. Be aware. Do not play games with the things that you speak over yourself. It's not funny. It's not a joke. It's not a game to say ugly, horrible things about yourself. That's not a game. Your Ori is listening. Your destiny is listening. You are building a life with every word. Do not speak horrible things over yourself ever. If you are in a challenge, challenges are normal in lifetime. Life is not without challenges then you're going to speak about how you're going to overcome it. You're not going to say that the challenge is going to get the best of you. You're not going to say that the challenge is going to kill you. That's not what you're going to do. You're going to speak about how you're going to overcome it, how you're going to find the strength, how you're going to find the remedy for this particular challenge. That's what you want to speak over yourself. If you are building a business, you are going to speak prosperity into your business and abundance. If you are building a healthy relationship, now if the relationship is unhealthy, if the person that you're building a relationship with is an abusive asshole, you cannot speak and change them. So don't listen to this and then go back and say, okay, I'm going to try to speak goodness over Ray Ray. You know, good and well that Ray Ray is an abusive asshole. Don't do that. That's not what I'm saying. And if you pay, if you watch me on YouTube or you follow me on any social media, you know good and well that's not what I'm saying. However, if you're building a healthy relationship with someone who is kind and loving and compassionate and generous to you, then when that relationship experiences challenges, which are normal, which are natural, challenges are a part of life, you are going to speak health and love and longevity into that relationship 
And you're going to speak over yourself the ability to find, again, those remedies. The abilities to find better ways to communicate, better ways to connect, better ways to remain consistent with one another. Mothers, especially parents in general, speak positivity over your children. Speak positivity over your babies, right? Babies are going to get on your nerves. That's part of what they come here to do. Teenagers are certainly going to test every aspect of your selfhood. That is what they come here to do, right? Children are going to test your boundaries. They are here to do that. They are the new things. And their, their reason for being is to create a new world, right? So they have to test the boundaries of the old world, which is what you are. That's what you represent in their young lives. So it is normal and natural for them to test the boundaries. It is normal and natural for them to question you. And yes, it is normal and natural for them to challenge you. If you've raised them to be strong, if you've raised them to, to, to um, what is the word that I'm looking for? To honor and to respect and to listen to their ori, then yes, they're going to challenge you. So you cannot be surprised by their challenges and nor can you be upset, nor can you feel as though that, that that's disrespectful. Now, I do think that children should speak to parents respectfully. So, I mean, when they challenge you, I don't think it should be done in a disrespectful way. But the reality of that is if you have always spoken to your children respectfully, then they're going to speak to you respectfully. That doesn't mean they're not ever going to yell at you. That doesn't mean they're not ever going to say things that hurt your feelings or make you angry. That's not what I'm saying. But if you haven't raised your children cussing them out then they're not going to cuss you out because that's not a part of how you guys interact with each other. And that is just the truth of that. Okay? All right. So please speak power, positivity, goodness, abundance, prosperity over your babies, fulfillment of their destiny. Tell your children how beautiful they are. Tell your children how powerful they are. Tell your children that they are worthy of all good things. And when they come and tell you their dreams, be excited and say how you can't wait to see them manifest those dreams. Be in the place of being their biggest supporter, right? They know that if everyone else thinks that they can't do it, they know mama knows they can do it. She knows they can do it. Mama understands that you can do anything and that you can be whatever the hell that you want to be. That's, what I, that's how I know my mama feels. That's how I know my baba, my daddy feels, right? That is how, that is the soft place that your children should have to fall into with you. Use your bara to speak goodness over them. Always. One of the things for me I am a person who my entire life, this is a trait that I inherited, and this is also a trait that is common with children of Oshun. I am a person who for my entire life have battled against the spirit of depression, right? That is, um, it is part of my physiological makeup. It is part of my emotional makeup. And as I said, coming into the Western world as a child of Washoon is also a part of my spiritual makeup. So I've always had to battle against that spirit. 
And so for me, it is important. I've learned as I've grown older not to allow myself to go into the abyss of despair. Once I allow myself to go deep down into that abyss of despair and sadness, it is so hard for me to bring myself back. So what I have had to learn to do is to create practices that keep me from going down off into that bleak, desolate, barren place that is the, what I call the abyss. I call it the abyss. And so speaking positivity over myself is one of the ways that I keep myself out of the, the abyss. I utilize it for that. I will not say negative things about myself. When I hear myself thinking negative thoughts about myself, I stop myself. I stop. I tell those thoughts, no, that's not, mm -mm, we're not going there. We're not doing that. And I think something else. And if I cannot stop the negative thoughts and think something else, then I will veg. I will veg out before I will sit in an abyss of negative thoughts. Right? I'll go watch some mindless television. I will go and eat some carbohydrates. I'm not saying I, and please do not go and say, the Elosha said, we should watch mindless television all day and eat carbohydrates. It's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that for me, instead of allowing my mind to go into a spiral of negativity, if I cannot stop the thoughts and replace them with some positive thoughts, then I'll do those things for a little while and just give my mind a rest. So when I'm watching mindless television, my mind is resting, right? If I'm eating carbohydrates, my mind is resting because my, my body has to cut my mind off for a second to use all of its resources to try to digest carbohydrates, which is not an easy thing to do unless you're going to immediately get up and exercise, right? So when I can't stop those thoughts, those are the two things that I do. And if you've looked at me, if you've seen me, then you know I don't do those two things often. You can look at my body and tell I'm not a person who often eats a lot of carbohydrates. However, it's something that I was able to teach myself to do to quiet high, high, high levels of negativity and high, high, high levels of bad thoughts and scary thoughts and paralyzing depression, right? So I, I have used that. I do use that as a strategy still, and I have used that as a strategy in the past. But be aware. So I'm saying all of that to say, be aware of your bara. Be aware of the power of your spoken word. Don't play with it. It's not a game. It's not a joke. It's not cute. It's not funny to speak disparagingly of yourself. Speak sweetly and lovingly to yourself. There's a little child that you are still who at some point people begin to speak unkindly to. At some point, for some of us, it was before, at, at the point of conception. It was before we were even born. It was before we even got here good. People began to speak negatively to us and of us, right? At some point, that child, who you still are, was spoken to that way. What I don't want you to ever do again after hearing this podcast is join in the chorus of voices that speak of you that way. If you really were the bad person that those people thought that you were, those people who said those things to you, then it would not have hurt you when they said those things. 
you know good and well that you're not that person. And that's why it hurt. It hurt because they couldn't see you. It hurt because they couldn't feel you. It hurt because you knew that they didn't know who and what you actually are. So you're not that person. So stop saying that about yourself. Stop that. From this point forward, from the point that you hear me say it, this, this is yeah, this is yeah, yeah. I'm speaking to you as the votary of Oshun. Stop doing that to yourself immediately. Do not ever again repeat anything that those people have told you. And I don't care who they were. I don't care if it was your mama. I don't care if it was your daddy. I don't care if it was your grandmama. I don't care if it was your teacher in first grade. I don't give a damn who they were. Anybody who has said something negative to you, don't you ever say that stuff to yourself again. Don't you ever look in the mirror and say, I'm ugly just like they said. Don't you ever do that again. Don't you ever look at yourself again and think those thoughts that they tried to put in your head. Stop doing that to yourself. Stop that. Use the power of your bara. And again, I can promise you, I can guarantee it, that as you begin to speak love and care and health and beauty over yourself, you will see changes in your life. And do not listen to anyone else who has anything negative to say to you or about you. Don't listen to them. A good friend, I'm going to tell you, let, let's make a distinction. A lover, somebody who actually loves you, knows how to tell you that you have done something wrong without hurting your feelings while saying it. A good friend knows how to caution you against taking a wrong step without being mean, without saying it in a way that is cruel and mean, right? A parent knows how to tell their child to be careful and not to make certain missteps without hurting their feelings, a good parent. So do not believe, oh, they're just talking to me like that because they care. They're just talking to me like that because they don't want me to make a misstep. No, people can say things like that to you without saying it in a mean way. They can say things like that to you kindly. If you are around groups of people who choose to always speak to you in ways that hurt you, get away from those groups of people. I don't give a damn who they are. I don't give a damn if it's your blood family. I don't give a damn if it's your husband or your wife. I don't give a damn who it is. Keep your ass away from people who say shit that hurt your feelings. And speak love and positivity and goodness and prosperity and fulfillment of destiny and compliments all over yourself all day long, every day. Use your bara. That's the second power, the power of your bara. The final power, the third power, is the power of your enyan. Enyan, those who are chosen, the chosen one. That is this body, this body that you created. Human beings in the Anago language, in the Yoruba language, are called enyan. And that means the one who was chosen. So the power of this body. You are responsible for having created this body. All praises, all praises. You started the process of the cells dividing within the womb of your mother. And yes, I'm going to mention it often because I don't want you to forget. 
your own power. You brought yourself here. You decided that you were ready to live a physical life again. And so you started the process of becoming physical. And here you are in this magnificent machine of this body that you created. So the next power that you want to use is the power of your body. How do we use the power of our body? First of all, you listen to it, right? If something is hurting, pay attention to it. Give it time, give it attention. Listen to your body. If you are hungry, eat. This is a hard one. This is a surprisingly hard one. But you all know that I'm telling the truth. If and when you are hungry, eat. And eat until you are satiated. Be satisfied is what I'm saying. Before you stop eating, get satisfied. The next very hard one. When you are tired, rest. And rest until you are no longer tired. Right? When you are overstimulated, when you've done too much, when you've been around too many people, when you've gone too many places, give yourself a break. Now, move your body. Use the power of any yarn by moving your body every single day. Every single day, move that body, move that, that wonderful, magnificent creation that you live in. I use Queen of Fools Dance of the Womb from Sacred Woman. It is a nice and gentle and beautiful and very spiritually presented yoga that she created, that she brought into being and channeled from ancient Kemet or Egypt. If that is not good to you, if that does not feel good to you, if that doesn't resonate with you, find a way to move your body every day. Find the way that resonates with you. Give your body an hour of your time every day. Move her. And I'm using the pronoun her because that's my pronoun. Move her every day. Don't let a day pass when you don't move your body. You ruin many of your chances in life by forcing all of your ashe to stay in your head all day long. Your head is not built to carry all of your ashe all day long. So you must bring your thoughts, your desires, your wants, your life force out of your head and down into your body every day on purpose. Think about it and do it every single day. Get up from your desk and stretch. Before you go to work, stretch, move. Let every part of your body get movement into it. Let every part of your body get ashe. Let every part of your body get some of your time and attention. Take this body outside. Let this body interact with the elements. We live in sensory deprivation chambers. We call them houses. But these things deprive our senses. We are not hearing all of the wonderful sounds that we're supposed to hear. 
I live in Florida, so it's hurricane season. And as you guys know, I think we have a tropical storm headed this way. And so today outside, it's raining. And, if, and when I'm outside and it's raining, I can hear the rain hitting the ground. I can hear the rain hitting the leaves. I can hear other beings moving through the rain. So I hear their feet or their tires or something like that going through the water. I can feel the water on my face and in my hair and on my body. When it rains, that's an entire sensual experience. I can smell, I'm from the country, so I can smell when it's getting ready to rain. I can smell the smell of the water, right? That's the experience that your body is expecting. When you created this body, you created it with an expectation of experiencing the rest of this world. And the rest of this world is outside. So take this body outside. Put your feet in the dirt. Put your feet in the sand. Put your feet on the wet grass. Feel what's going on outside every single day. Find a way to take this body outside. Without fail, don't miss a day right? Even in those, those of you who live in a temperate area where the climate gets cold, then get you a good old 10 or 15 minutes in. Wrap yourself up good. Get you a good old 10 or 15 minutes of feeling the exhilaration that that cool air brings. I'm from Tennessee, right? I'm from a place where it gets cold, where it snows and all of that. Still, every day you can get out there, even if you just go out on your balcony, even if you just go out on your porch, right? And you just get the smell, the feel of that cold air in your lungs and going up in your nostrils. Get that little bit of exhilaration. A little, just a 10-minute feeling. But this body was created with the expectation of being outside. You created it with that expectation. So utilize the power of your body by taking her outside. Right? Utilize the power of your body by strengthening her. Strengthen your body. Nourish her. Give her the rest that she needs. Give her the water that she needs. Water is essential. Water is life. Water is your connection to the spirit realm. Give her the water that she needs, a gallon a day. I got myself four, um, I got myself jars, um, the big old mason jars. And I drink at least four of those every day. So I know I've gotten my gallon in, right? So give her her gallon every day. Keep your internal systems working. Keep them hydrated and keep them clean. Eat food that makes you feel alive. If it makes you feel down, if it makes you feel groggy, if it makes you feel angry or sad, don't eat that no more. Eat the food that makes you feel alive. And be careful and pay attention to your body so you will know what foods trigger certain emotions in you. I'm not a person who can do caffeine. I have a caffeine sensitivity. It causes my heart to race. So I can't do caffeine. But I have to pay attention to my body and know that. When I eat sugar, I become depressed. I'm, I'm good for a second, but by the end of the day, I'm going to be depressed. If I eat white flour or products made with white flour, I become angry. I'll be good for a second, and by the end of the day, I'm going to be angry. I also personally have a gluten insensitivity, a gluten allergy. So I've only been to the hospital for it once. I've only gone into anaphylactic shock once due to gluten. But I knew before that happened that I had a gluten allergy. I just didn't know it was that severe. So I have a gluten allergy. But prior to knowing that, 
my body would have reactions when I ate things that had gluten in them. And I just didn't pay attention to it. So it had to reach a point of high, you know, very, very, being very dangerous for me to pay attention to it when all I had to do was listen to my body in the first place. So listen to your body. What is she telling you? And most importantly of all, your body is your greatest masterpiece. It is amazing. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Look at it. Pay attention to it. Watch it. Love it. Embrace it. Don't give a damn what nobody else is thinking about it. I have six children. And I used the old uh, remedy that my mother gave me that she used, and I'm assuming her mother before her used, because I grew up seeing their bellies, because my mother used to wear her belly out. And when I was a little girl, even though her hair was completely white, my grandmother used to wear her belly out too. Um, just in their summer clothes, their bellies would be out. And so I grew up seeing that, you know, both of them had very few stretch marks. My grandmother had five children and my mother had seven. And I have six. And I have very few stretch marks, but that's because I used the recipe that they gave me to put on your tummy so that you... So that the stretch marks wouldn't be as severe. However, they the stretch marks are there. You know, I have a 51-year-old body, soon to be 52 in October, and I'm I'm small. I'm petite. I'm I'm I guess I'm what people would consider um, slender and petite. That is my build, but my body doesn't look the way that it looked when I was 25. My body doesn't look the way it looked when I was 35, right? But I still show love to her. I still am not ashamed of her. I'm, I'm still going to show her off, right? And I'm still, the stomach is going to be out. People And people don't like it. There's a whole bunch of people that don't like it. I mean, if you follow me on social media, you see a whole bunch of people that are angry. You know, how come you don't ever have any clothes on? Why did you get clothes on in your pictures, right? People mad that, that, I, that when I go to the beach that I have on a swimming suit. That's upsetting to people. I don't know what they expect me to wear, but it's upsetting to them. But I don't give a damn. I'm, I'm honoring this vessel that I live in, this vessel that I built, this vessel that I created for myself. And she is beautiful to me. And she doesn't have to be beautiful to anybody else because they didn't build her and they don't live in her. I don't give a damn. But she's beautiful to me. And so I treat her as a beautiful, precious thing. Love your body as the beautiful, precious thing that it is. Wash it in the finest of natural soaps. Oil it in the most exotic of natural oils. Move it to the most beautiful music. Take it to the most beautiful places that you can find. And let your body fully experience those places. Somebody was telling me, not too long ago, was asking me about wearing um, boy shorts to the beach. And I was like, well, no, if I was to do that, then I can't feel the water when I get in it. I want my whole body to feel the ocean water when I get in it. Why am I going to go all the way to the ocean? Why am I going to come all the way down here to Florida and live by the ocean? And then when I get in the ocean, wear something that's going to keep my whole body from feeling that, that luscious feeling of that seawater on her. Why would I do that? I'm not going to do that. Where I, where I go, I'm going to let my body have the experience of being there. 
Um, I have had the honor and the joy of being able to go to Oshokbo, which is Oshun's hometown. This is the place in Nigeria where the worship of Oshun was born. And while I was in Oshokbo, of course, being an Oshun priestess, I went to the Oshun River, right? And there's a rock and there's, you know, bowls on the rock where people wash, wash parts of their body in the river. And as I got to the river, I, I had to put my feet in there. I, I had to put my legs in there. I had to let my body experience being in the birthplace of Oshun. And the driver the, of the van that had brought us to Oshogba was so terrified. Um, he was, you know, so deeply Christian that all that he could think about was that something bad was going to happen to me for, you know, invoking this deity, you know, this being that he had been taught was, was negative and bad. And in my mind, all that I could think of was, you think I'm going to come all the way to Oshogbo and not put my body in the Oshun River? Oh, you are insane. I'm going to get all of this right here, right? So let your body have all of the experience that it's supposed to have. And along those lines, the sexual experiences too. Let your body enjoy sexual experiences. Make sure that your sexual partners handle your body in a way that feels good to you. Tell and teach your sexual partners how to love your body properly. Have the full experience. Don't be out here so worried about, oh no, can they see that roll? Oh no, I wonder if they see that mold that I got right there. Oh no, I didn't, you know, I, I don't have the proper amount of curve or I don't have the shape or the, you know, uh, breast tissue or whatever it is that you're thinking about. Get out of that. Get out. What I say earlier, get out of your head and get into your body and have the experience allow your body to have the experience when you stay in your head your body is not having the experience so all right this one ran long but still the three powers that you have that allow you to have complete and total control over your life. And yes, I said complete and total. You were born, you created yourself with complete and total control over your life and over your destiny. You gave that to yourself before you ever even exited the womb of your mother. You have that. You have authority in your life. Stop waiting for permission. Stop giving your power away. And for Oshun's sake, please stop squandering your power. So, as I was saying, always utilize the power of your ori, of your head, of your thoughts, of your motivation, of your destiny. Always utilize the power of your bara of your spoken words, of your incantation, your invocations, and your affirmations, your orikis, the high vibrational chants that you do over your own head and the head of those who you are responsible for. You are only responsible for children that you gave birth to or people that you 
took the responsibility of raising or aging parents. You are not responsible for anyone else. So you speak oriki over your own head and oriki over the heads of those people that you are responsible for. Use the power of your bara. Use the power of your enya. Use the power of your body. Experience life. Experience the world. Experience the outside. Experience your sexuality. And the power of your body enhances, because I didn't say this before, your creativity. This will enhance your imagination. This will allow you the ability to go deep in thought and pull from the ethers of the universe magnificent new creations. That's what utilizing the power of your body does for you. All right. That's it for today. Like I said, this one was a little long. I'm not apologizing. I'm just recognizing. Ecstasy, abundance, and bliss. To all of those within the sound of my voice who are wishing the same for me and mine. And as always, we wish the lessons of life on those who are ignorant enough to wish us otherwise. If you would like to contact me for a divination, a reading, you can reach me at gottobeoshun.org, G-O-T, the number two, the letter B, O-S-H-U-N, dot org. You also will find there the classes that I offer, the Black Witchcraft classes, and all other classes for the empowerment of Black non-men all over the world and the rise of the divine Black feminine that we are in the process of living and experiencing. And if you would like to follow me on social media, I am got to be Oshun on Instagram, spelled the same way, and I am the Elosha Oshun Yami Akalatunde on Facebook. And you will find that information in the um, homepage of this particular podcast. All right. I love you guys. Please enjoy the rest of your day. Until next time.